Hey everybody! We're super excited to introduce you to one of our advertisers, Northwest Naturals, one of the pioneers in creating raw food diets for pets. And as retailers, we are super particular about what food brands we carry or recommend in our stores. And there are so many things that we love about Northwest Naturals. For one thing, they're a family-owned and operated green sustainable company based in Portland, Oregon. I love supporting other small businesses. Me too. In fact, Carly, Northwest Naturals was the first raw food I brought into my store 17 years ago. I feed it regularly to my dogs and it's one of the best sellers in my store. Their USDA manufacturing plants control all aspects of food production from ingredient sourcing through final packaging. Plus, they have so many options. They have raw, frozen and freeze-dried diets for dogs and cats, frozen and freeze-dried treats, raw bones and functional toppers. I know that our customers love having a variety of choices when they shop with us and it's nice to be able to introduce them to a bunch of additional products when they find a brand they like. We will only work with advertisers on this podcast who we truly endorse and encourage you to consider carrying in your own store. If you want to learn more information about Northwest Naturals, check out their website www.nw-naturals.net. That's www.nw-naturals.net. Attention, independent pet pros. Let me introduce you to the Pet Shop Girls, presented by Pet Product News. Hey, everybody. I'm Sherry. And I'm Carly. And we've got an extra special surprise for you today, unless you read the title. (laughs) We have (laughs) Billy Hookman with us. He is currently the Vice President of Nutrition Communication for Green Juju, involved in formulation, product development, and science education, already a legend in the industry. We've got him today for the next 30 minutes. What do you want to ask first, Carly? What, okay, well, Billy, I want to ask, because you are kind of a unique story in the pet industry, um, so I want to ask, what ignited your passion to get so involved and so well-informed about pet nutrition? Um, can I just say, first off, I almost jumped in there and when there was a pause and I was like, and I'm Billy. Uh, hey. I was very close. Very, very close. That would have been fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm your new co-host. Yeah. I don't know if you know that, but no, it's a great question. So it's an interesting story because I, I didn't, you know, I didn't have any pets growing up. I didn't know anything about dogs or cats or really any pet for that matter um, because my brother had allergies to most things in in life, but also most uh, pet types. And it didn't happen for me until I was in my 20s and got my dog Lua at the time. You know, I walked into a pet store. I asked the employee, and I can't remember, it was like some chain pet store, but I was like, I asked the employee, what do I feed this dog? And said, this one looks pretty good because it has science in the title. So that seems like something, you know, that would be up my alley. And she said, no, no, meat should be the first ingredient. And that was actually the first thing anyone told me about pet food in general. This, the way my brain works is I obsess over certain things and that I don't, I'm not a well-rounded person. And what I mean by that is I don't have like a ton of interests. I have like four interests. And one of them happens to take about 95% of my time, which is nutrition. And it's really, you know, kind of all I think about just generally. So, um, you know, 
and which is cool because it never becomes uninteresting and you can always learn so much more about it that it always you know keeps me i guess uh interested well and, and i've heard even you know with regards to pet nutrition that we are barely skimming the surface when it comes to human nutrition and we know even less about pet nutrition so there's always going to be more to learn i think so your 95 percent of your time is spent well spent well yeah I, I have this theory that like the people who are like successful at doing something are just obsessed with that thing like my 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 example of that is someone like taylor swift i feel like she was obsessed with being a star from and that's all she's ever wanted for her entire life and that's all she did and so i feel like um you know maybe if maybe it'd be better for my mental health if i was well-rounded but my wife would tell you i talk about you know three or four things so yeah. Okay, well, we are with Billy, the Taylor Swift of pet nutrition. So. There you go. <laughs> I just want to say for the record, I didn't make that correlation. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <are> listening. No. <laughs> Me and you talked in the past about AFCO, and I think that some of our listeners aren't familiar with AFCO, and that's uh, A-A-F-C-O. Um, can you tell us what AFCO is? And uh, I know you're an active participant in these meetings. How did the decisions in these meetings affect retailers? Well, they affect retailers greatly. So AFCO is an organization that has no regulatory power, but they make suggestions to states who then do have regulatory power. So AFCO, you know, there's a lot of people now, especially on the holistic side that say like, well, why don't we just leave AFCO aside and, and not worry about it? But that doesn't actually work because you couldn't sell in most states if you don't go by AFCO guidelines. There's There are some states that don't, but most states uh, that do. So there are committees that are made up of state regulators, they're made up of FDA and lobbyists. And these three groups of people make all the recommendations for what can be put into feed and pet food. Um, so they regulate both your pet's food as well as like chicken feed and cow feed and things like that, the food that you eat or maybe dairy that you consume or something like that. And they've been around for like a hundred years and their whole goal was to make everything unified. And they have not succeeded in a hundred years because not all the states are on board with that. And it's just really hard to function within because even there's something called the OP, which is the official publication, which has all of these ingredient definitions. And up to this point, they did make recently a, a common food portal that I think is going to be helpful to companies like us. But up to this point, if it's not in that book, you can't put it into food. So, you know, it's really hard to make new things. And a lot of, a lot of people don't know that you don't have that many choices if it is a food product. Now, if you're on the supplement side, that's a little bit different because that's not actually regulated by state, the State Department of Agriculture um, in any given state. So that's why you can see at your store like a bunch of supplements that wouldn't be allowed, say, in feed and food. So it affects the retailer because it, it is the, you know, Terry, you're in Texas, right? So in Texas, they're an AFCO state and they're particularly... The guy who regulates there is really funny because he he like prints out your labels and then and then like writes all over them what may be wrong with them and then sends them to you, which I think is kind of funny in the digital world that we live in. But like if we if he rejects that and he's going by AFCO, 
then we couldn't sell that item in your state. And then the other problem that arises too is that they're all looking at the same document, but they're interpreting it differently. So now you Wait, have- so you're, you're telling me one guy in my state is responsible for saying yes or no to a formula? Yes. Wow. And so, so, and then they're all interpreting it differently. So it's the same document, but you'll get X state that says we want it this way and X state that says we want it this way by this document. But how can those two things be true if it's the same document? So there's a lot of issues with it and all of it's written for large corporations because the lobbyists in these things are like Pet Food International, the Renderer Lobbyist Association, those types of things. So they're all written for, you know, your, your Mars and your Purina of the world. Um, and they're not, you know, written for us, us little guys. The I'm kind of, we're trying yeah. to do it right, I might add. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I'm, I'm more of a fly on the wall because the reason why I go to these meetings is because it's really relevant to my job because I make products. And so, and also we have someone who registers all of our food, but if there's a problem or food and products, then it gets kind of kicked up to me. And so, you know, regulatory is a big part of that. But what a lot of people don't understand too is the time it takes to actually register all these things. Before we had maybe my favorite employee, Christina, because she does it, so we don't have to do it. Before we had her doing that, Kelly would do that. And it would take her like a whole month to register in all of the states. Because even some of them will be like, you'll email them and be like, hey, here's our labels and stuff. And they'll be like, oh, no, no, you have to print them out and send them to us by mail. So, and each one is different. So it, it doesn't make it easier. Let's say that. You know, and I guess lucky for us in Canada and unlucky at the same time, Canada, for any of our Canadian pet pros listening, we are like the wild, wild west up here. We are not regulated by AFCO, though the majority of Canadian manufacturers do adhere to AFCO standards. We're not required to. So we have a lot of companies too who will actually formulate to the European standards, which are better than AFCO. Um, and I mean, my opinion is AFCO is antiquated and they just won't step up to the to the time, the current time that we're in now. But it's so it's 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 good for Canada. We're not regulated by them, but it's bad because we have no regulations. We, ha we had a vet in the Saskatoon University who she actually formulated pet food out of old engine oil and um, cowboy boots and it passed AFCO standards. Like she, she that's actually, that's actually the top two ingredients in our food. So <laughs> that's why we love green choo choo. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, that ma that makes sense to me. It's good if you are a brand that's trying to do it right for the right reasons. Not good if you're, you know, a giant corporation that, you know, is going to take advantage of those things. Yeah. I, I was going to ask, like, what is the most egregious thing you've heard that you could share with our audience that has happened at one of these meetings? The one that I kind of bring up in it as a lot as an example is when they were, well, I would think the most egregious thing is they openly talk about why pet food exists and that's to put waste product from industries somewhere that's not a landfill and they actually call it recycling and they say if it doesn't go into pet food it's going to go into landfills and it's going to be really bad for the environment i would say that to me is the most egregious thing but you know i've i have seen them 
voting on whether to allow more plastic in cow feed and go ahead and approve that. Because, you know, if say you want to feed expired yogurt to from a grocery store to cows, you don't want to have to take it out of the cup. So why not just ground it up and then feed them the entire thing? So that's, and that's human food. That's <laughs> so. insane. Wow. Uh, the poor animals of our planet, I tell you, like, oh, okay. Well, you know what? Because Sherry is a little bit of a taskmaster when it comes to time, Billy. Uh, I'll move on to the next question. <laughs> we know that green juju is a very unique, high quality product. But for those that may not be as familiar with green juju, can you tell us what makes green juju so unique? And as a retailer, how do I position green juju as a choice that can be part of my the pet's bowl? Yeah, that's a good, uh, that's a great question. My favorite thing about our company right now is, you know, we are, uh, especially here in America, we are really one of the last, if not the last true indie pet brand. What I mean by that is we don't have investors. We don't have, you know, a board. We don't have all of these things that even a lot of the smaller companies have. It really is just me and Kelly on the product making and deciding. And she puts up with all of my if, if you think some of our products are weird, you, you should see the ones that get rejected, the ones that I'm like, oh, we could do this and this is going to happen and we could, but that's how, really how it comes about. I mean, we just this week or last week shipped out a freeze dried lamb and goat diet and the sourcing reached out to us and they were like, hey, we have this. And we were like, send it over to Kelly. And she's like, okay. And we just did it. And that's really the whole process behind uh, kind of how we do things. It allows us to, to do some of the more unique things like, you know, our, our BAM Speeds and Lewis Vermin and Golden Paste and things like that. And so the, it's just people. It's just people making products. And it's actually, and it's one of the reasons why we do a live every time we release new products um, is because we want you to know, hey, it's, it's two people that care about your animals, care about our own animals um, and want to do that. And so we, we're, we're really known for short ingredient panels because we just want whole foods that the body breaks down all of those chemicals and nutrients rather than supplementation of, you know, we don't want to use synthetic vitamins or anything like that. We want the body to be able to sort of inject to absorb those things like it should. And it's been an interesting transition because we started out, Kelly started this company and she was doing amazing innovative things before I got here. She invented the veggie blend in the pet food industry. She was really the first person to start doing really high organ meat treats. And my goal when I got here was to help her with her vision. So it wasn't to recreate anything I'd ever done or anything like that, but to bring what I can to, to what she had been doing. And we started out as a whole food supplement company, and that's currently where we are. And then we, we just did freeze dried and, and we're doing frozen in March. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting to go in the reverse because almost every other brand starts with food and then they move out into the supplement side. But I, and, and the other thing I think that makes us unique as well is we we really have to have a reason to do something. My favorite part of the job is thinking of new products and getting them on the market. And, and I really, my goal with a lot of these products is to go somewhere in nutrition that we haven't been yet. And it's really hard to do that when you're not even used. So basically, like when most people formulate pet food products, what they're doing is they're, they're doing, they're either copying someone else or they're doing sort of an extension of what that would be. But when you try to create new things, 
you might not even have a basis for it. So you have to do a lot more sort of work and, and be creative in that. It's like our with our food, our freeze-dried food, we didn't just want to do a freeze-dried food. We had to wait until we had a really solid idea to do that. And, and we did make something that was so much different than anything in the industry from an ingredient perspective. And so I think, A, you know, we provide the retailer with things that are different and things that are the healthiest version that you can possibly get of something. And then B, I really think that we can relate to you because we are an indie pet food company as well. And so, and, and you guys have really, the retailers have built us and we want to, you know, obviously maintain that relationship as best we can. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I think uh, for myself, the things that I love about carrying green juju in my store is the clean and unique ingredient panel. And every single customer that I'm talking to and introducing to green juju, I flip over the bag every single time and I'm like, there's their ingredient panel. Like, look at how clean and limited that is, that we're getting all natural nutrition. So that's kind of the thing that I'm thinking is for retailers out there who thought, why would I carry green juju? I already have a freeze dried or I already have treats or I already have goat's milk. I want them to understand that there is absolutely a benefit to having variety and and what makes green juju a, a unique offering in your independent retail store. I will say the first time I heard about the company, it had somewhat of a cult following, and I still think it does. It, that's how I describe it. But on that note, I do want to ask you what advice you have for retailers on educating their staff about the benefits of premium pet nutrition. I, By the way, I love you as a transition person. I'm just throwing <laughs> that out there. I, I could see your brain working when you're doing this. So I'm, I'm a big fan of it. I like your guys' dynamic of like the free spirit and the timekeeper. Um, I, I enjoy this immensely. Um, you know, for me, it's just all about relating. Uh, and, and it's kind of what we do. We take, you know, what can be complex things. And, you know, for instance, like I, you know, I spent my day, doing the the nutrient breakdown and some spreadsheet stuff of our new goat and lamb and and putting it into certain things that's not uncomplicated but what is un what is not complicated is the formula itself and just showing people like you were saying it's just food so you know one of the things i pride myself on is taking hard concepts and breaking them down i think you can really do that at the store level so a good example product like say bam's beets is a more complicated product because it's a whole food. It does so many different things, right? It's a probiotic. Um, it has those deep antioxidant colors. It has vitamins, it has minerals, it, it's uh, fermented. So you're reducing the oxalate content, you're reducing the sugar content. There's all these different aspects to it. And if you go to your customer and say all those things, they're gonna be like, well, what the hell does any of that mean? Yeah. Uh, but if the customer came in and said, I'm looking for a probiotic and you said, hey, this is a whole food probiotic and has a bunch of other benefits as well. Maybe just pick one of those things. I think that they can get behind that. Um, and that that happens to be a lot of our products. Um, it's kind of like the vegetable blends. You know, the Just Greens is, is an easy way to say like, hey, check out this ingredient panel and then look at the the dandelion greens the kale people can interpret that and go oh i know that's healthy stuff and you can say and it smells really good and it's going to be a great way to add fresh food to the bowl that's not you know i'm a huge raw milk advocate but as you know some people are like that seems weird dangerous i don't know what that is um so 
I, for me, it's all about finding sort of those gateways in there and just relating to people like their people. As far as like sales go, the person I always look up to is my dad. He was like, he was a car salesman for like 24 years and just the best salesperson. Um, he would win salesman of the year every year at the, at his dealership. And it's because he was a good person and treated people like they were human beings. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that's a key. And then the second key for education at, in the retail store is that's what sets you guys apart from ordering online. You guys have the knowledge, you, you connect with the customer, you know, their animals. And so for retailers out there, talk to people as much as you possibly can. People, when they come in with their dog or they're shopping for their dog or cat, they want to talk to you. You don't have to be like high pressure sales about it, but you can say, Hey, how's it going? What's your dog like? You know, what's your dog's name? That kind of thing. I had a store owner tell me once that he was like, he owns a store, but he's also like a part-time therapist because he hears of that from all of his customers. Yeah. So I agree with that. And I think it's really what positions pet retail to be a more thriving space than other retail sectors. Currently. You know, and this, I'm, this is a great question. And your answer is the perfect segue into my next question, Billy. Oftentimes our customers will come in and rather than saying, Hey, I need a probiotic. They come in and say, this is what's happening with my dog. And, and we make that connection to say, you need a probiotic. So with Green Juju and all of the health benefits that it provides, what would be those kind of key ailments that a furry guy might be suffering with that a Green Juju project product could address? Well, there's, I, I really think, and this is getting like a lot of publicity now, and which I think is great because it's been a long time coming in the pet world. And I really do think that everything starts in the gut. And I really think that uh, one of the things I talked about a lot um, this year at conferences and things like that were whole food probiotics in general, bringing the outdoors into your pet's diet. And so a cup, you know, I think basically with most conditions, and that could be, you know, anything down from like uh, kidney disease to, you know, just basic skin and coat problems to, you know, on down the line starting with a with a number of whole food probiotic sources and prebiotics is a really big deal and i think that most diets are lacking in prebiotics even raw diets and so getting those blends in there but so if you were to combine say our goat's milk which has over 200 species of probiotics generally and by the way that's rotating because the probiotic content depends on the goat it depends on the season it depends on what the goat ate Depends on a lot of different factors, and we're mixing all that goat milk together. If you were to mix that with Bam's beets, that's like, you know, at least 300 different species of probiotics. And then combine that with our blends, and hey, there you got all your, pre your prebiotics as well. And that's really the start of it. And I feel like that's where most people are dealing with allergies. And that's where I see the most relief, including my own dog, which uh, um, his first summer was allergy ridden. And this year he sailed right through because I fixed him. And so I, and I think a lot of that has to do with my whole food probiotic sources, which I can't even, it's kind of funny because I put pictures of Huckleberry's food on Instagram, but I can't ever put everything he eats because it's like product development. 
So like at any given time, oh, wow. these things don't always come to market, but at any given time, there's like three things I'm not showing you because, you know, they, they could be pro products at some point. But I think that that's the best start for anyone. And then you kind of move to address whatever the actual health problem is. If it's kidney disease there, you would take some more measures. If it's cancer, you might do some, you know, you might do something else, but all of it is related to the, the gut and the immune system. Yeah. Agreed. Cherry or chocolate? Okay. <laughs> I, do, I don't have a great transition for this one. And I know we said this would be the last question, but there we have a rapid fire round for you, Billy, at the very end. Okay. Uh, but what I wanted to ask this one, uh, what, what do you see for the future of the pet food industry? Like, how do you see it evolving? Where do you think it's going? Oh, that's tough. I hope to influence it in a way where we can go to, let me tell you where I think it's going. And then let me tell you where I think it should go. So where okay. I think it's going, where I think it's going is unfortunately, sometimes on the holistic side, I think we try to cater too much to the conventional side. And so what happens is we try to medicinize food. So we go, Hey, we're going to meet this AFCO profile by any means necessary. We're going to do this. We need to have this amount of this nutrient. We need to do X, Y, and Z so we can have relevance with say conventional vets or whatever it might be. I mean, there is some, you know, there is some merit to that. And so that's kind of where I think the holistic side is going. And you can kind of see that as products evolve, you can kind of see like more people moving into processed food and, you know, that side of the industry on the holistic side. Um, but on the flip side of that, there's also, it is getting better. You know, I don't recommend that you buy, you know, your pet food from target, but I will say I was walking through target cause I was chasing my two-year-old daughter around target and she likes to, you know, go into every section. And if you look at the foods there, you're like, oh, these were better than 10 years ago. And that's because the consumer is becoming more educated. So they're still not very good, but they're better than they were. And there's a lot better options out there. So it is getting more like sort of holistically minded. But where I think we need to go in the holistic side of things is more food based items. And I think we need to, you know, maybe stop managing, uh, micromanaging nature so much when it comes to, you know, I think dogs, we can work within a framework, but you know, dogs that were just eating table scraps 150 years ago, were probably healthier. So um, that's where we need to be rather than, you know, being like, I need this much manganese per bite of my dog's food. So that, that's, that's my rant. I 100% agree. Yeah. I, I a hundred, oh yeah. A thousand percent. Right. Like I always tell people like why, you know, when they say, well, what, what makes pet food different today than it was 50 years ago? I'm like, well, 50 years ago, we used to smoke on planes, <laughs> but we don't anymore because we know more. So the same thing is happening with our pet's food. I'm going to show you guys an image and you're going to tell me how you say it. Okay. Uh, that is bison. Bison. <laughs> that is not, wait, I know this. That is not bison. As they say in Canada, uh, we call it Buffalo, Billy. <laughs> That's fine. You either call it Buffalo or bison. And I know this because every time I'm in a meeting with a Canadian and they say bison, I'm like, yep, Canadian. <laughs> bison. It's only you guys who say bison. Uh, we call them bison or Buffalo. 
but I heard a bunch of stuff about Buffalo the other day. Okay, back on to all of the serious talk. Billy, if there was one tip that our listeners could run away with, what is that golden nugget from from this session that you want them to know about? Well, first of all, I'd like to say just ran, just one more thing on the, the bison versus the bison thing. There was actually at AFCO for like two straight meetings or something like that. There was a sort of a feud between the water buffalo people and the buffalo people. Yep. So that was that was a thing that I had to hear about a lot in two straight meetings. But, you know, I would say if you're a retailer, you can get some amount of non-processed food into every dog or cat's diet. You can do it. You can get... And I'm guilty of that. I worked in a retail store for like five years. I begged my, I begged my way. I was actually working at a dog daycare and I was only in the daycare section and there was a manager there. And I was like, let me have one shift. I know about nutrition. Trust me. Like I can do this. And she let me, she let me, uh, she let me in. And that was kind of part of the start of, of, of my whole, you know, career, but I was going to say, could I, you imagine being the manager that you found out years down the road, you had Billy in your store saying, let me work because <laughs> I know nutrition. And they're like, no, you stick with daycare. <laughs> no, it was, it was, it was funny because she lives in England now. She was living in Seattle at the time. And side note, uh, and I don't tell this story often, but the, probably the greatest accomplishment of my life was honestly, we didn't, we didn't know uh, we didn't make very much money and uh, she smoked and I was like, I knew that. So one day when we got paid, I said, I'm going to give you this $200 to quit smoking. And if you smoke again, you have to give me this money immediately. And I knew she couldn't do that. And she just wrote me like 10 years ago and she still has not smoked. So that oh, was no. one of the greatest things that I've ever lost your $200, but <laughs> You save somebody's <laughs> life from lung cancer. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, um, but I remember being in the store and thinking to myself like, oh, this person would never do fresh food. And it turns out they did and they loved it. And they, you know, so never shortchange anyone. It uh, doesn't matter what they look like or who they are. Um, I think I was always really, really surprised. And, you know, I, you know, I'm a little bit ashamed to admit that because you should always think the best of people, you know. No, we're so, really human. It it definitely happens all the time. And I've told my staff, you cannot judge a book by its cover. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, it, when I was a teenager and I used to work at a uh, pool table sales store, I won't name the name, but a, a kid came in that I went to high school with and his dad was well known in the city. Like the, the guy had money. So the son in turn also had money and the owner of the store when I spent you know a long time talking to this kid because he wanted to open a pool hall and when he left the owner came up to me and said why are you wasting your time with that kid I'm like do you know who that kid is like which is exactly where I learned at a very young age in retail you never judge a book by their its cover right like I mean you could have a guy who just came in from cleaning his yacht in his ripped up jean shorts and and you because you judge him you're you know you lose a customer for life so anyways i digress sherry do you exactly. have any other questions for billy or no i'm well, i'm ready i'm ready I, for yeah i i would like to say that was a funny example because most people that own a yacht don't clean it themselves but 
Just well, I just I joked with her before. <laughs> He's from humble roots, Billy. He's from humble roots. <laughs> I joked with her before. I was like, next time I'm like caught out in public, you know, just wearing like some, you know, beat up sweats. I want to be like, yeah, I was just cleaning my yacht, you know. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, in Texas. That's Remember a good, that uh... I'm from the prairies in the middle of Canada. We don't have a lot of yachts around where I am. It's a good point. I don't know what happens with actual yacht people, so. No, Carly, I am ready for that rapid fire. Let's rapid do it. Fire. Okay, rapid fire, Billy, is we are going to rapidly fire some random things at you about pets. And you are going to give us pause up or pause down. And then we'll move on to the second level of rapid fire, which is things for you. Not your pet, but things for you. So are you ready? Okay. Are you ready? Okay. So I, I give, what does that mean? I give pause up. I say pause up or if pause down? If you agree, like you're like, yeah, I love this. That's a pause up. If it's, eh, eh, no, we're not going to do that. That's pause down. Okay. Okay. Got it. Sherry, are you rapid firing the pets or am I? You're doing both. I'm excited to see how this works. Okay. <laughs> okay, Billy. Pause up or pause down? Rawhide chews. Pause down. Yay. Pause up or pause down? Off-leash parks. Uh, pause up because my dog loves other dogs. Okay, okay. Pet costumes. <laughs> this is controversial. Yeah. Uh, pause up for everyone else. Pause down for me because I don't really do it. Okay, I was going to say controversial. <laughs> I mean, have you seen my TikTok? I'm all about the controversy. <laughs> That's true. Um, home cooking for pets. Pause up. Furry guys sharing your bed. Um, pause down on the term furry guys. Pause up on the Huckleberry sleeps in our bed every single night. Well, he's a furry dude. <laughs> I just didn't know where you were going with that after you said it. And oh, yeah. So, but then, then you redeemed oh. yourself. So Furry guys, <laughs> not hairy guys. <laughs> All right, now these are for you. These are not your pet. These are pause up or pause down for you. Coffee. Coffee is my number one obsession on earth. So yes, I'm a pause up. Besides for, pet for, nutrition. For, <laughs> yes, for- 5% Sherry. I don't have to think very much about coffee, but uh, cup one thing, uh, drink a lot of coffee and coffee shops are actually my grounding spot. I travel a lot. And so my 4 p.m. relaxing coffee in a coffee shop is, you know, my grounding spot. So All right. Are, are, are you are you a black cup kind of guy or what yeah, you, Americano or double shot of espresso or occasional? Uh, I'm a really big Christmas fall person. So occasional pumpkin spice latte, et cetera. <laughs> but 99 percent of the year, I'm a I'm a, a, a eight ounce Americano guy. Hey, I, all nice. I was thinking is now our pet pros all across America know, go to a coffee shop at 4 p.m. because that's your best chance to find Billy. <laughs> if I'm in the city where you are, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, well, then I'm not even going to ask the, the other one because obviously we know the answer. What about spicy food? Pause up or pause down? I'm from the Midwest here in America, so I would say pause down because I can't handle very much spice. But I love the mild version of the spicy food. So like if I get Thai food, or something like that. I do love the mild version, but yeah, can't handle I, very much. I'm not about spice, like pepper, black pepper on oh a table. Oh my gosh. She can't yeah. handle spice whatsoever. And I'm like, there's, 
I'm from Texas. I got to have it at a level 10 and it's still not spicy enough. Yeah, she's drinking red hot, like Frank's red hot, just out of the bottle. Well, Canada is very similar, I think, to Wisconsin. So I think we're very similar. So, you know, that makes sense. It's kind of like people are like, do you like fish? And I'm like, if it's like beer battered and fried, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I do, because that's what I grew up with, you know, so. Okay, watching movies? Pause up. That's that's, uh, That's pretty much me and my wife's social life, aside from going to Target and Whole Foods, so. Uh, Target, as we say here. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Pineapple on pizza. Pause down. What? That's a, oh, that's a travesty. Gosh. And Absolute travesty. Right now, this podcast is over. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to give you one more because we didn't use that. What? Crackers in soup. Um, pause down. Maybe crackers with soup, like the slight dip and then the eat, but not soggy something else i, I, I agree i 100 agree on that but but here but but let me give you some context i have never eaten milk in cereal before i've only eaten dry cereal because i don't like the texture so that will probably give you a clue as to why i said that well i mean what what you guys have proven to me is that americans can't say bison properly and they don't know how to eat good soup with crackers in it the look on Sherry's face when I said that about the cereal. Yeah, you know, I mean, Billy, we use that analogy with pet parents all the time about hydrating their pet's diet. And would you want to eat your cereal without milk? Don't ask Billy, but would you want to eat your <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what it was. I mean, I don't eat a lot of cereal now, but, you know, uh, when I was a kid, yeah, I just for whatever reason. So, the, yeah, that's that's you my, just got to eat I, it real fast before it gets soggy. You can't, oh, you can't take true. your time. You got to woof it. <laughs> I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to add that as one of our rapid fire questions, cereal with or without milk. <laughs> this is definitely one of the most interesting podcasts I've ever been on. <laughs> we like awesome to have- <laughs> success. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, Billy, for spending time with us. Um, we appreciate all of your knowledge and we love the things that Green Juju is doing the innovative mindset that you and Kelly both have and the um, the brand new and new unique products that are brought to market by Green Juju. I think even though you and Kelly always talk about how tiny you guys are, you are mighty because you are leaders in the industry. And I want to see more and more and more companies just follow, follow in your footsteps. And I think they will. If anybody has any other questions for you, Billy, how can they reach you? Well, thank you for the kind words. And also, um, you you know, we're on all of the social media platforms. Um, we have obviously a website. And for, for you retailers out there, we are on retail.pet, which is a training platform, which is cool because you can, there are three to five minute videos and you can do them at your own pace. And if you do all of them, uh, you get a free bag of treats and it's, it's free to do. And also there's 10 required videos that again are about three to five minutes but i made it where you have to watch the six minute blooper video of me and kelly screwing up while we were filming the videos in order to get the free bag of treats so that's to me the most ridiculous part and if you're you know a retailer or consumer or anything like that um we have a a a a small i think but mighty team um but even if you just email info at greenjuju.com, it's me or Kelly that responds to every single one of those emails. So um, reach out anytime and we're happy to help.
Awesome. All right. Thank you so much. That does it for this podcast. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. That's it for this episode, Pet Pro. Make sure to follow, like, and subscribe. Just hit all the buttons. So you never miss the podcast that makes you sit, stay, and beg for more. The The Pet Pet Shop Girls. Girls. Let's give Sarah one more take, eh? Okay. A? 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 All right, A. We like to party. We like, we like to party. And we're going to party. When you join us at Connect, Canada's pet trade show for a possum time. Get ready to unleash the excitement during the Connect Pet Trade Show with our Hello Canada podcast launch party. Join us at 2 p.m. on Wednesday, May 15th for an unforgettable celebration filled with laughter, insights, and surprises. Meet us, the Pet Shop Girls, and fellow pet pros, and let's make some memories together. Don't miss our special live podcast recording at 2 p.m. on Thursday, May 16th. Tune in as we broadcast directly into our private Facebook group, The Indie Insider, bringing you exclusive content, industry insights, and a sneak peek at the show. Get ready to be inspired and empowered to take your business to new heights. Mark your calendars, pet pros, and come connect with us at the biggest pet trade show in Canada. See you there. We like to party. We like, we like to party. We like to party. We like to party. We like, we like to party. We like to party.